Welcome to the Kinda Okay Podcast, where we talk about things that aren't okay in hopes of making them feel more okay. I'm Sarah Crossley, creator of It's Kinda Okay Comics and the Growing Pain Zine, an independent publication made by rad women and non-binary creatives. I hope that you're doing Kinda Okay today, and know that it's also Kinda Okay if you're not. I'm here talking with an awesome illustrator, comic, and zine creator, Rachel Smith, at Art by Rachel X on Instagram, about periods. We're going to chat about the patriarchy, learning about our cycles, the stigma and secrecy around bleeding once a month, and our experiences existing as menstruators. If you're a person that bleeds, I'm sure a lot of this might resonate with you, and perhaps you may learn some new things. If you're not someone that bleeds, but you have people in your life that do, then this is a definitely a good episode to listen to to get a feel for how to help and to learn a little bit more about how our menstrual cycles affect the rest of month to month. Here's Rachel and the bloody great chat we had. being here um, and being present and just having a chat and taking that mental and emotional energy to have a zoom call uh, what's feeling only kind of okay for you today um well first of all thanks for having me i love the podcast and i'm always just to have vulnerable conversations at the best of us but um yeah like I kind of mentioned before we started the interview, um, I'm just, I'm having a tough time just functioning normally, I guess, lately. Like, getting out of bed seems kind of hard, and, you know, I make food for myself, even though I feel like maybe I don't want to. It's just, like, doing those things, you know, taking care of myself despite feeling kind of bad, which I guess is good in a way, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) It's just a lot at the moment, isn't it? So I really like that idea of like being gentle and compassionate with yourself and just kind of taking it one thing at a time. So let's get right into it. How do you feel about periods in general? (laughs) Uh, A loaded question. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, Yeah, it's a lot. There's just, there's so much about that topic, you know, like it's, so it goes so deep, it goes so far into the past of like what um, women and non-binary leaders in general have, have kind of had to deal with and like process and learn on our own. Even it's like, it's crazy. Like I grew up with um, a single dad. So first of all, a single dad, you know, is just trying to, to understand his two daughters and me being one of them and, you know, me being non-binary when I was like, a young kid and not knowing, like, how to identify those terms even or, like, how I felt at the time and just, like, being told, like, this is your destiny, like, you're going to bleed and you're going to have boobs and you're going to, you know, experience all these terrible, horrible things that you don't want and uh, just being surrounded by that, I think he did the best job he could, you know, to try to educate me and like give me you know a pack of tats and be like 
this is your life now. <laughs> I mean, like, what can you do to kind of, like, as a parent to describe that to your kid, you know? It's just like, I don't know how I would do it, but yeah, period. They are just, you know, they, they connect a lot of us, which is really cool, but they're also just a nightmare to live with. So, yeah. Yeah, I think like heavy is a good term. <laughs> because there's just so much but yeah this idea of like here you go you get to experience this like once a once a month it for the next however long (laughs) um there's an episode of working moms which i really like where um one of the moms is dealing with like her friend's daughter getting her period for the first time and the daughter is just like how long does it last for? She's like, oh, like, you know, seven days. She's like, holy shit. The, like, when does it stop? She's like, when you're 50, like, <laughs> like a week out of the month. And it's just like, yeah, like first experience and like acknowledgement of like, that's so much time to be spending like with your body, either not at like fully, it's not the, like, it's a healthy thing to have a menstrual flow but like it's debilitating yeah at times as well so it's just it's a lot um I feel like debilitating is like the perfect description because I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't miss school or I didn't call out from a job when you know the first couple days of my flow like it's just we're predestined to have this but yet we have no idea how to deal with it even to this day (laughs) you know it's like we have all these hormonal changes and all this pain in our bodies and just like you know physical blood and like clots leaving us and like our bodies are programmed to deal with it but in a way our minds really aren't so And I don't know if that comes from, like, not having a support network of a society or, you know, like, something that supports that as well. Because, like, even us having this conversation right now, like, maybe wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. Like, I was just doing all this research about periods and, like, how absolutely ridiculous, like, everything around them is. And, like... I found out that Courtney Cox was the first one to say the word period on TV in 1985. Like, that's not even that long ago. Oh my God. And it's just like, so these kinds of conversations, I think, are really important because, you know, like shedding that light on it, sharing information, sharing experiences and views is so crucial to how we think and deal and, you know, just having that solidarity of like yeah I totally get like not being able to move for a couple days and like having to you know put things off and like reschedule your life around a cycle and just that kind of solidarity I find like really helpful yeah and like I feel like I haven't even you know I haven't had to I haven't experienced that with other women and bleeders because it's just been like up until a point, like recently even, you know, like the last seven years where it's like, oh, this is comfortable to talk about, you know, with your partner. This is like a normal thing to talk about with other women and like other non-binaries and friends, you know, like it's just, we're, we're brought up to be like, okay, there's an ad on the TV and this woman looks, this woman looks perfectly fine doing sports 
and then the ad is your tampons, you know what I mean? She's like, like, yeah, I'm gonna go play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody is functioning normally, and if you are, like, be so grateful for that, because, you know, it's, it's just, we all have to deal with the brunt of it in one way or another. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I really like the term bleeders. Like, I find it it encompasses all of it. It also sounds like kind of like a warrior. Like, yeah, like it's like kind of like on the growth side of things, but like we're getting to the nitty gritty. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when I think about, um, you know, a lot of stuff to do with periods, I like often like relate it back to like horror movies and like gore movies and you know all that kind of stuff because yeah like it's kind of gross but that's you know just the way that our bodies have evolved to work I guess yeah I, I feel like gross is just kind of the stigma surrounding it too it's because like we've been programmed and like we believe that it's like not a normal thing and that we're like supposed to keep it behind closed doors and you know you don't talk to your partners about it because like it might make them uncomfortable or whatever and it's just like it's really good to be transparent about it and I've been like an advocate for that for many years now so no that's really good so I mean we can get into like let's talk about the patriarchy and how that shaped our experiences and the experiences of other bleeders as well yeah like oh man the patriarchy that's another whole level. <laughs> but I mean, how it affects, like, women's health and, like, women's sexual health in general is just, like, you know, anyone who's female find it worse. Like, it's, it's, you think about when you go in for, like, a pap test and things like that and the technology that they use was developed by a man and it hasn't been changed in, like, decades. Like, they haven't, they haven't tried to adjust it, they haven't tried to, like, you know, the speculum, <laughs> the speculum thing, they just, like, haven't tried to make it more comfortable, make it better for us to experience, you know, and, like, even when we go in and talk about our periods, or we talk about, like, having an abnormal period, doctors are still, like, oh, well, I, I don't know what that could be, you know, like, let's, let's just put you in for, like, a bunch of ultrasounds, in my personal experience anyway I've, I've had like a period of time where I didn't sleep for like seven months and it's like the, the thing I love about periods is just like when you have it you're, you're generally healthy whether it's, whether it's a bad experience or not and like when you when I didn't have it it was like you know they didn't know what was happening and you're just left in the unknown and it's just so uncomfortable to just like navigate the healthcare system because of the patriarchy because it's just we're brought up to not believe women's symptoms yeah that's got a lot of weight to it (laughs) yeah it's just you know people coming forward and like being like I'm dealing with this and so many healthcare professionals either being like aren't she just you know being a little dramatic (laughs) or you know just all of these um preconceived notions that either like we can't figure out what's going on because like that's a mystery section of the healthcare world like we don't know what's happening there um and I mean like that affects endometriosis and like so many different 
conditions that can be tied into that as well. Um, so it still blows my mind that like the healthcare industry um, and you know healthcare practitioners aren't doing more research into that when it affects so many people in the world. But that comes down to like the products and stuff too. Like the the research just hasn't been done, and we're seeing things coming back now. Like I just discovered that the first like sanitary pad sanitary has a whole other like connotation but you know like the pad developed in the 1800s and it like the disposable version of it came out in the early 1900s it hasn't changed since it's pretty much the same (laughs) and i think that there's no other industry where like that level of complete disregard has just been like oh that's the best we can do no need to do any better and we're seeing like period pants and like menstrual cups and all that kind of stuff really coming to light now which is great but there's still like so little guidance I feel like in those scopes of things because it's just like yeah like tampons and pads and if those don't work who knows I feel too like I started using cup like maybe eight years ago and like that's not very long like I'm 30 years old so <laughs> you know it's and that was like an unheard of thing like I worked in an in a alternative health food store and you know it was in it was in the back corner of the health food store and like you know only the women who worked there would like talk about it amongst each other and be like well have you tried this cup because like it will change your life and I was just like that seems weird like (laughs) you know at first it's just like but and we're seeing ads now like you said with like um the aisle brands like the underwear and like this gender neutral period care and things like that and that's like so valuable to me like I only wish that I could have got boxer briefs with that little cloth insert when I was a teenager (laughs) you know what I mean like I it would have saved me so much discomfort of like trying to fit a pad on these like tiny little like female-driven underwear, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure lots of women struggle with that even today. It's, like, it's it's not designed, like, for body types. Like, it's just a generic cutout for all people to use. And, yeah, like you said, it's just so undeveloped that it's, like, it's strange. Like, I just, I feel like the patriarchy has just left us in the dust as far as, like, using disposable products that are really not good for the environment. And, you know, using, just like having to pay even for those products. Like, I feel like the healthcare system could easily fund, you know, just for someone to get like a cotton pack of pads every month. Like, it doesn't really seem like, you know, we know that it's like overcharged because of capitalism. (laughs) Like, okay, it's $10 for a pack of pads at the drugstore, but, you know, when they make it, it's definitely not that much. It's really interesting because so many things you would think like in a capitalist driven society where we're paying for those products that then like more research would go into like okay like how do we make them better and more accessible and all those kinds of things but it's it's one of those only scopes of like a profit driven section where it's at a standstill at the moment but yeah definitely I mean like we're really lucky to be in Canada, I think, and to have um, 
healthcare access, but that that's something that could, you know, come into that process as well. And it's just like, yeah, every month, just like send you what you need. Um, and th- I mean, that's if you have a permanent address as well. It's just interesting to like think about like how we can reimagine it so that it works for everybody a little bit better, I think. But there's um, a couple really interesting like history kind of stuff. So in the 1900s, Kotex was like, we're just going to put a box of stuff on the counter and you just leave some money in a box so that you don't have to interact with the store clerk in order to get your super secretive (laughs) menstrual products so that you don't have to speak to anyone. And so that's an interesting model as well. Like, could we just put boxes of tampons and pads and like, um, you know, disposable stuff uh, in healthcare um, sections or drugstores and just have them accessible. Like it's the most heartwarming thing when you go into a bathroom and you see one of those like old school um, dispensers and like all the menstrual products are free. I'm just like, oh, thank you. Like that is the best thing that you could do for people who don't have, you know, access to a washing machine to use reusable pads or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's really cool to me that you found the cup so like long ago. I've only been using it for a couple of years, but yeah, it was like tucked on the bottom shelf, like hidden away. And it was only, it's kind of like one of those secretive things where it was like somebody else told me about the cup. So then I looked into it and like, then I told like 20 people about it. Cause it was like, it frees you from so many worries and like a lot of concerns. Although it's, I'm looking into like the amount that is like normal for bleeders as well. And they're like, oh, like two to four tablespoons. (laughs) I was like, I'm pretty sure my cup holds more than that. And I'm like waddling to the bathroom every morning (laughs) to try and get there in time before it like drops out. So (laughs) this whole like idea of like normal or average is really bizarre because it just doesn't exist. Like everybody's so different too. Um, how in tune with your cycle would you say that you are? I feel like I'm, you know, it, it, sometimes it can be like a good 70 30. <laughs> like 70%, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna get my period because I'm like, my emotions are changing, I'm starting to feel tired, you know, I start like, you kind of notice like your mucus kind of changing. <laughs> and like, but then sometimes it's like 50 50 or you know i had a really stressful month and i don't even realize and then the next day i'm like oh that's why it's been so hectic <laughs> you know so it's like it can it can go either way and i feel like i don't know sometimes being more in tune with it can almost make you feel more sometimes it can make you feel empowered but sometimes it makes me feel like so depressed in a way like it's like oh you know what's coming you know, I know I'm going to be out of commission for like three to four days. I might not be able to respond to messages as much or, you know, work from home as easily. And yeah, it can just be really stressful. It's both good and bad because then you're like anticipating it and, you know, to have that knowledge. That's it. Like, I don't know. I've been using one of those period tracking apps for probably like two years now and it's wrong every single time (laughs) so 
it's like I'm either early or I'm late which is even more stressful and <laughs> it's just like trying to figure out early on in the emotional phase of like PMS that like oh maybe like everything just feels like too much because of my hormones and I think that there's this you know kind of defensiveness like the amount of times where people are like what are you just on your period or something and like that kind of sits in the back of your head and you're like no I'm not just acting this way because of my hormones I you know genuinely feel these feelings and then they get to be too much and you're like oh shit I'm really hormonal <laughs> I feel like too it's just like that's kind of another patriarchal thing it's just like it's a cop-out right it's a cop-out to do more research into um cycles and and more research into the health struggles that uh, that people go through with it and you know saying like oh you're just on your period it's like okay we just need to brush this off because it, it doesn't mean anything and it's like that that's you know it's just a, another way that men have suppressed women so much that we we don't get the the care and the emotional support even that we need during that time I think it's like interesting that it's a brush off like it's a brush off statement when it should be like oh you're on your period like, <laughs> sympathy and empathy and compassion <laughs> you know um and I think that that in a way is one of the things that I really love about being a leader is that if somebody else is feeling that way and feeling that overwhelmed and feeling too many feelings you can be like oh it's okay like I get it I understand and like you just take the time that you need <laughs> as well it's like I'm just learning about all of the follicular and luteal phases and like how ovulation and menstruation changes your hormonal balances and all that kind of stuff and I just think it's really interesting like I'm 27 and I didn't know what <laughs> I feel like you are surprising me even. I don't know the definition of the word. <laughs> okay, so we'll get into it because I've made notes. Um, so you've got your menstrual phase, which is, you know, for the duration that you bleed. And then you've got your follicular phase, which starts on the first day of your period cycle. And when you ovulate, it sends a surge of estrogen um, into your body for, you know, an average of 16-ish days. And that's why you feel like really good and I can do anything and everything's fine and I'm a capable and perfect human being. <laughs> and, then, um, and then you have your ovulation. So um, you've got your ovulation phase uh, where your body is getting ready to release an egg and like you know this is your peak of self where you're just like I'm the best version of me that I could ever be um and you feel really good about everything you're doing and oftentimes like more creative more outgoing more extroverted and then <laughs> um so you ovulate halfway through your cycle and that sends uh luteinizing hormones so that your body releases an egg and then you go into your luteal phase um and i might be getting this wrong because i just learned it i don't know luteal comes i think it's after ovulation okay hold this on a second 
because even in making notes and trying to understand the different cycle phases, I definitely still got them slightly wrong. Your follicular phase starts on the first day of menstruation. Your body starts rebuilding follicles and those follicles will send signals to your body for your estrogen levels to rise. The follicular phase lasts about 16 days on average, ending when you ovulate. Your luteal phase starts after ovulation, where progesterone increases, which is what makes you a little bit more protective of your body, more introverted, and lowers your energy levels, also helping you sleep. If you're prego, the hormones stick around, and if not, then your hormone levels decrease and drop, which causes your body to shed the cozy little haven that it's created to support an egg. What's interesting about this is if you take the birth control pill, you're technically not having a period, but simply bleeding from withdrawal symptoms when you stop taking the hormone pills. It's called withdrawal bleeding. Okay, I'm sure there's tons more that I don't even know yet. On with the podcast. And then it starts all over again. So you've got like the menstruation phase of your cycle, but you've also got like all these other hormone changes that are happening the rest of the time that are just like fucking yeah. <laughs> and it's incredible because two, you know, bleeders who have been doing it for like close to 30 years, it's like, oh, or at least like, you know, 20, 20 years, I guess, because you get your period around like 10. What even is the normal age to get it? Because like everybody's different. But yeah, it's just like we we are just learning about our own phases of like hormonal changes in this conversation. So <laughs> it's just just bizarre. Like it's so wild, and I it feels like this like secretive like hidden conversation that we just haven't been having. I've been reading this book, Period Power, by Maisie Hill listening to it actually because then I can draw at the same time but um she's just like yeah like don't plan for stuff when you know that your hormone levels are dropping and that you don't want to see people and you don't want to socialize and just start to plan your life a little bit so it coincides with your cycle so it doesn't feel like the world is against you all the time and that you're you know struggling to cope you just kind of shift things a little bit so that it coincides with your cycle and I think that can have a lot of power to it um, because then suddenly you have it feels like a little bit more control it doesn't feel like your body is just like deciding how it's gonna feel and deal and be yeah I, I actually love that so much I'm probably gonna look that book up as soon as we're finished <laughs> but because it's, it's great. like it does feel empowering to say no during those times you know and just and be transparent like with my my friends I can be straight up and just say like oh no I'm on my period so like the next few days I'm just gonna be like low-key and they're always just like oh yeah I totally get that like don't worry about it and then when my energies return I can kind of come back refreshed and you know they they just respect that time and it took a long time to get there you know like I, I like some friendships in the past I wouldn't even be able to say like oh we're synced up or you know like even mentioned um my period so I think I've come a long way in like setting boundaries with people and just being like you know what I'm I'm going to be transparent about these things because it's a huge part of who I am and it's really important to monitor those changes in your cycle because you're kind of honoring yourself and 
you're honoring the energies that are that you're holding in your body during that time. Here's the part of the podcast where I want to let you know that if you like what you're hearing, you'll probably like what you see over at patreon.com forward slash kinda okay. Patreon is an awesome platform to help support creatives like me create artwork, produce zines, and record podcasts. I'm not a sponsored individual, but I am individually sponsored by my supporters over on Patreon. Thank you so much to the people that are already supporting me over there for as little as a dollar a month because you make it possible to do things like upgrade the sound quality and just motivate me to keep creating. If you aren't in a position to support, don't worry, but still check it out because there's a lot of comics and content on there that isn't shared on Instagram. And if you can support, know that you make me way more sure of myself and everything I'm doing, which is priceless. All that and more at patreon.com forward slash kinda okay. It's just really good to be having the conversation and to be open about it. Because yeah, like the secretive kind of attention to it. Um... I don't know if that's just societal and like patriarchy driven that like hush hush like we don't talk about those things or you know whereas now it's it's becoming a bit more of a conversation and I don't know if that's just like the circles that I exist in and like my level of radical honesty and comfortability with my own like body cycles has changed so then I'm like a little bit more easygoing in how I speak about it as well but that can be really awkward, I find, for people who don't bleed. Yes. <laughs> and they're just like, man, this is a lot. Like, please, I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> and that's also part of the problem is like, they don't know, but they don't want to know because it's like, you know, if you don't have experience in that realm, then it can, I think, feel like a, a lot of information to intake as well. So I guess that kind of leads into like how, what do you think that partners who don't bleed can do to help people who do? Yeah, I, I've been through, you know, so many relationships where that was just like a secret of time. And, you know, like I, I, I would kind of like withhold intimacy even during those times because I was like, this is like a secret time for me and like, you don't need to know about it and you know this is you know it's un- it was uncomfortable you know I didn't I didn't want them to know that I had this, like imperfection which is just like I can feel like the trauma and like the pain in my heart when I talk about that and how many years I went through just kind of hiding that part of myself and you know my current partner is just the best partner like we are married <laughs> And, uh, you know, he tries to show up in ways that nobody else ever has. And, like, I've come, you know, sometimes I don't even have to ask. Sometimes I have to because, you know, people just aren't perfect. But sometimes, you know, he'll show up with, like, a bar of chocolate. And I'll be like, I know that you're serious about me. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just, like, the kindest 
you know, gestures. It, it doesn't have to be like this grand thing, but um, he'll even go out and like before I was using um, like before I was using reusable products, he would come home and be like, I know that you like pads, but like when your time comes around this month, like you'll have them, right? And it's like to get past that stigma and to get past that like embarrassment that I feel a lot of like specifically straight male partners will have around it you know because they they don't know you know if there's uncomfortability in the unknown and I think it's, it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to show up and to make mistakes when trying to support your partner through this because you don't understand but any of anything that you try to do can just kind of be helpful I think showing up with that level of compassion like that makes my heart so happy (laughs) (laughs) and yeah like I like that you formulated it in that way because yeah it is like trauma trying to hide it and you know like trying to um like it's it makes you struggle with accepting how you are because it's it's not imperfect it's just like the the way that you are and like it's yeah (laughs) it's it's through like learning about ourselves that like it makes it a little bit easier to teach others and yeah like being able to ask questions and having the comfortability in order to have those conversations and have that kind of openness is like a really incredible thing that I hope that you know people are experiencing in their lives all of the listeners and that um and I would definitely say like yeah just showing up with chocolate or you know like allowing the person that time to themselves if they need it to be more introverted to all of those things I have a very active partner and so a lot of the times I'll be like you want to go on a bike ride today I'm like no, it's not going to feel good with a menstrual cup in. <laughs> um, and so, like, he's learning as well, um, which is interesting. Uh, interesting balance between the two. Because, yeah, like, I don't want to hike a mountain on day one of my period cycle. <laughs> and so it's a little bit of that balance of um, talking about it and understanding. And, you know, through me learning he's learning as well and so like I would definitely say like partners just having that knowledge and being aware and I know it's not something that they have to think about all the time um but if you're with somebody who bleeds then it's got to come into a little bit of your consideration and your you know cycles as well even if they're not the same kind what do you hate most about your cycle? Oh yeah, that's a movie. <laughs> I feel like the thing I dislike the most is the expectation to perform normally during that time. Because I just I feel so much weight, you know, and so much guilt. And all of that is kind of built up from just being brought up in a society where we're expected to 
perform normally every single day the same way we did the day before whether we're on our periods whether we're dealing with mental health and I just you know I carry a lot of that weight just dealing with having an anxiety disorder on top of having my period and getting those changes you know the hormonal changes happening and I just fixated on okay my period's coming and I won't be able to you know do xyz you know the list goes on so I think just like yeah like lacking that self-compassion because it's ingrained in us to believe that we shouldn't be resting during that time just having that it's such a hard thing to do like it sounds so simple yeah (laughs) but um yeah no I think that's probably my least favorite part about it as well um like day two is usually the worst and I'm just like I'm incapacitated yeah I can't do anything I can play Animal Crossing (laughs) so I'm like maybe draw maybe draw a comic if like emotions are strong enough that I feel like I need to do a bit of a like exorcism to get rid of too many demons <laughs> um but yeah like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down that day yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and not really have the brain capacity to do much more than that yeah and I think like just I love having this conversation with you right now because it's just like we're normalizing it by by doing this right and like spreading this information that like okay any of the listeners out there like you're not alone like we are all experiencing this and like you and I are laughing at like the similarities that we have in our partners and the similarities we have in like our cycles and like thinking our thoughts on the patriarchy and it's like everybody is going through this and it just needs to be shared and you know almost like I don't want to say celebrated. That's a bit of a word. <laughs> but in a way, it's like, yeah, we're all just struggling to understand this part of ourselves and how it affects our our lives. And yeah, it's it's okay to to say no, and it's okay to take time. And I feel like this pandemic even has like proven that almost that we live in this like unrealistic kind of like place where we're being told to live outside of our comfort zone almost too much you know it's like you just have to constantly exist outside your comfort zone and that should be okay with you and yeah it's just like it's not it's not it's not okay Yeah, it's been really interesting, like, being able to be home for a couple cycles now and be like, oh, I don't have to, like, try and fake it at work or, like, take a bunch of painkillers or, you know, have the awkward conversation where I'm like, guys, like, I gotta sit down, like, I can't stand for the next eight hours (laughs) with this, you know, what feels like a lot of the time, like, my body hates. <laughs> it's just like punishing me for not filling it with babies. <laughs> but that's a whole other mindset that, you know, um, that it's it's normal and it's natural and we're 
all dealing with it. And so to have and approach it with that level of compassion and understanding is it's essential to the mental and emotional and physical well-being of anybody that bleeds. Do you, I mean, we're in like the negative at the moment. So can I ask like, what's your worst horror story that's ever happened to you? (laughs) It's so funny because I feel like um, just touching on the topic of trauma again, that I've probably had worse stories than the one I, I have in my mind. And I just have blocked them out because they're just too terrible. <laughs> like, you know, between like, oh, can I wear this like white mini skirt in junior high? And then, oh, no. <laughs> Not a good day to make that decision. Um, but Classic. I feel like my worst horror story is probably this is getting a little bit um, intimate but my um my dad got remarried um for like a short period of time when I got my cycle for the first time um I didn't have any connection to the woman that my dad remarried and she was not the best support system for me at all and I had gotten it and had no one else to reach out to because my dad was at work that day and I didn't really know what was going on. I'm like, something's happening inside my body. It doesn't feel right. And then having to uncomfortably talk to this person that I had, you know, no sort of spiritual connection to about, you know, something so personal. Um, and that was such a struggle for me. And I still like remember it to this day. I'm like, oh, I remember like the first day I got it. And, like, what a terrible day that was. And like, it's like, I'll never forget it. And you just live with that feeling and, you know, that experience for, you know, hopefully until maybe menopause and then I won't have to be reminded every month. <laughs> it's healing to have these conversations um and in the way that you're you know it is a trauma and dealing with those experiences like then to reflect on them like and to share them and to have this unified mentality towards we've all had like some form of suffering that sounds really shit though like how was how was the woman in like dealing with you was she helpful was she shitty because like like you know poor poor young Rachel I just remembered you I don't even think much words were said it was just like oh yeah you started your period and then like I was handed a pad and that was kind of just it and I was like what does it mean you know and like I later had conversations with my dad to the best of his ability about it and like I was given books you know I was handed like the teen guys for girls like I don't know if you remember getting books like that when you were a kid <laughs> and um and it was like it was just all put on me you know I was 12 years old when I got my period for the first time and all of that responsibility and all of that you know education was just supposed to be my own responsibility suddenly and you think about that like you're a kid you know like you're not you're not formulated at that time to to make opinions to make educated opinions on that so yeah and like 
your friends maybe aren't talking about it because maybe they're not bleeding yet or you know they're they're also believing that it's like this weird outlandish thing that they're not supposed to talk about so yeah it was just like I just remember feeling so alone and just feeling like I don't want to be a girl you know like I'm not a girl because like at least for me being non-binary like that's just how I felt even at that age so yeah it, it was definitely like traumatizing and like stressful and like it still emotionally affects me to to think about how you know I hope that things are different for for people and you know non-binary children at least like somewhat because we're getting more visibility on that kind of stuff you know even for like all women just like I just hope that there's like parents out there who are like yeah I'm gonna sit down and like you know educate my kid on reusable menstrual pads and you know educate my kid on that like they're not alone if they feel cramps or if they feel sad or those sorts of things like and I think that it's just important like as a parent to just, just make sure you you are there emotionally to support your kid when they're going through it the first time <laughs> not just hand them a pad and run away <laughs> things not to do yeah. <laughs> you go this is your life now <laughs> like it's really emotionally a lot and that feeling of aloneness I think is something that a lot of people resonate with I know I definitely do and feeling scared like is this right like is this how it's supposed to be like am I weird and all that kind of stuff and I, I just I know like it's portrayed in like movies and TV differently when like dudes talk about like getting laid and all that kind of stuff but I'm like why are we not having those conversations about periods as women leaders like whatever your identification is like why why is that not a conversation when we're younger where you're like actually connecting with other people and Maybe it is for other people, but I've never met them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you had a group chat about menstruation and when your period started when you were 15 years old, please hit me up because I want to meet you. (laughs) But, you know, that feeling of community is something that um, I've only discovered in the last few years of finding the cup talking to people openly sharing those kinds of experiences because like that's awful it sucks man and I'm sad that you had to go through that and that you didn't have you know like a a close community um, or not a close community but like people who were open enough with you to be like hey like you're gonna be okay and it sucks right now but it isn't gonna suck all the time yeah (laughs) switching to a more positive side of things what do you love about your cycle oh yeah I can just like feel the relief of the question (laughs) because it's like man I, I love on my period when you know you get so tired and like I have trouble sleeping at the best of times um, due to anxiety and 
know, insomnia, things like that. And when I just get so tired, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a good sleep tonight, you know, <laughs> like, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm actually, I'm so grateful for food cravings <laughs> because I love to eat. And man, when my body tells me what it wants on my cycle, I'm like, I'm delivering. <laughs> I'm going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what is your favorite period snack? Like, let's just get that out on the table. <laughs> I think, like, for me, I snack a lot. And so, period snacks overlap with other snacks. <laughs> but I think yeah. I think it's just that relief that, like, I want it, so I'm going to have it. And I'm not going to question it because I need it right now. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just gonna eat. I mean, I try to I've had to like really change my relationship with food since being a teenager and so like I really try to enjoy it and I really enjoy cooking and cooking for other people. And so I think that like when I'm having those times, it's a little relief for me to be like, "Oh, I can just eat whatever I want and like not give a shit and not put too much energy into it but also if I want to make a peach crumble I'm gonna do it right now (laughs) I love the unapologetic just like feeding those cravings because I'm the same as you where I've had to reform my relationship with food and you know how it affects my mind and how it affects my body because I grew up with an eating disorder and so yeah to just like unapologetically be like you know what I'm gonna eat a whole chocolate bar I'm not gonna feel one shred of guilt about it (laughs) do you um do you have any issues with like your iron because that's something that I know that affects like absolutely (laughs) I do Um, it's kind of interesting because I actually just in December um, got diagnosed with anemia. Um, so I was having to take these like massive horse sized pills. Um, yeah, they're massive. They're like, how am I supposed to get this down my gullet big? <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was forced to take those for three months and I barely made it to two because they were like messing up my digestion. Um, they were just making me feel so terrible. Um, and I've actually, I've been vegetarian or vegan since I was about 13. Um, so I haven't eaten meat in many years. Um, and I started to eat meat on January 1st um, for my health. And, you know, I it was a challenging decision to make because I valued so much, I put so much emphasis and so much value on that part of my identity. And um, when I started eating meat again, my body was just grateful. Like I could just like, I could feel it just thanking me, you know? So I was, I was missing so many nutrients and so many things I think for so long. And I just had no idea because I just put these limitations on myself because of uh, my strict value system and it's kind of interesting to have that shift 
um, at the stage and just make that decision for myself and for my body and to be like, you know what, it's okay to do this because it's for my health and it's for my well-being and, you know, my mental health is better for it, my blood count is better for it, like, yeah, so... Yeah, iron issues is definitely a thing. And like, I've had heavy periods my whole life. So on top of that, and you know, neglecting my nutrition, it's just, uh, it's, had, it's taken its toll long enough, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. Like I've had a similar experience and been veggie for a really long time. And I remember trying to take those fucking pills. <laughs> They're huge so big and then I was on like the liquid <laughs> supplement I like chug a little bottle of whatever and it tastes awful it tastes so bad um I've just learned recently sometimes I really love Instagram ads like sometimes they really <laughs> target like I'm like yeah that's exactly what I want to see and so there's this little ad for this little iron fish. And it's a little fish and it's like made out of iron and you just put it in like food that you boil and it adds iron into your food in a way that isn't like shocking your system with too much at one time. I was like, yeah, well, when was this? Like, where was this when I was 14? Because that would have been really handy. Wow. Um, they say like cooking with cast iron pans and stuff, but something I've started doing again very similar is I eat fish when I'm around my cycle because that's what my body really likes at that time it's different for everyone and I think just listening to your body and like what feels good and changing our perception again of like normal is really important because um, everybody has different needs and I think accepting that and like coming to a little bit of a good place with it is really important as well so I'm really glad that you found something that you could change in your you know capable realm that is affecting you positively in that way as well. yeah the iron thing I think affects like so many people it's ridiculous and in so many different ways and it goes so like undiagnosed for a really long time that that's what it is and so I think it contributes a lot to our again physical well-being and it just needs to be more of a concern like yeah it's like it's so hard to identify it too but it's just like okay I'm tired all the time I like don't have as much energy like I can't really exercise like I used to you know like there's there's lots of things that come up and it can be so damaging if it goes unnoticed so that's the thing too as I was advised in December it was like you know you start taking these pills and like you should start eating meat but like if you're not willing to we can't really say what will happen and so it was like being being kind of told that it was like well I have a decision to make you know and just like trying to get my levels back up to normal and then considering you know being vegetarian again it's like yeah it's just like our diet just alters our life so much you know like it's just like 
I feel so connected to food, so to like, and I have a lot of food allergies too, so like being so limiting and then being so open and then fluctuating with it and like worrying about where the food's being sourced from and things like that, it's like, it can cause a lot of stress and like, the doctors aren't telling you like, these are the things that you could eat nutritionally that will help you. They're just like, here's a pill. Hope for the best. Yeah, because <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, it's like you're you're losing so much during that time, you know. It's, it's like not analyzing the effect that that's gonna have on your body. Otherwise, it's like kind of baffling. <laughs> yeah, periods are crazy, man just not yeah they really are and like yeah it's just like I feel like you know one of the challenges too is like I have reusable pads they run so expensive and so it's like I have like four or five and then I have to do laundry like depending on the day you know every day well that's one of the things (laughs) when like when I was looking at the disposable pads and stuff like People were so grateful for them because they were like, fuck, yeah, I don't have to do laundry for like six hours today because they were hand like hand washing everything. Yeah. And they were like sick. Like now I can just throw it away and I don't have to like stand there and try and get the blood out of it. <laughs> it's like it kind of brings it back to like a ritual, but it's like again, it's like flip a coin and if I hate doing it or if I'm like ungrateful for this. <laughs> I like, I like the idea of ritual. A little bit of, like, blood magic. Yeah. You know, it's like... you're. It's like you're more connected to it because it's like you're... I don't know, I, I, I like when it's like, oh, I have, like, uh, you know, fresh, clean pads up in the closet ready for, for anything, you know? <laughs> it's just, like, it feels good and that was a recent addition actually within the last year was the reusable pads for me so using my cup and having like leak issues and like you name it and I was like how do people just like is this supposed to just be the solution because it doesn't seem to be working it's not foolproof <laughs> so yeah and, and that's another health food store find with like the Luna pads and they're just like they're incredibly well made they're really conscious of the environment and you know they have cute little designs on them so it's like you know picking out underwear and being like these are cool nice. <laughs> I like that it's funny like I always refer to getting like I've got three pairs of period pants because I was like oh they're, they're quite expensive um and so initially you're like oh do I just get one but like one's not enough because then I'm gonna have to wash it like I need you know to have enough so that I can do the laundry um (laughs) and I'm really grateful for them but at the same like had the similar experience where like so much leakage and it's just like I'm still ruining clothes like this shouldn't (laughs) I thought it was gonna solve all the problems and it's not solving but yeah, I think that's really cute, and I wish that mine had patterns on them. 
but like I always refer to it as like I, I like I treated myself to these period pants because they I, you know they're kind of expensive but they are reusable and like I think that that's a whole other thing like why did I have to treat myself to that like and I, I appreciate that like a lot goes into them and that you know as people are buying more of them we live in a capitalist society, so I don't know, but like hopefully that means the price goes down. <laughs> Ideally. Um, but the amount of people who are like I'm talking to with similar issues, and I suggest the period pants, and they're like, oh, like I can't afford them. And that's got a whole other like weight to it. So I've seen a lot of people now that people are making their own masks and stuff like that. Like, oh, what else can I sew? And a lot of people are starting to make their own reusable pads which is really wow cool. and I love that bringing it back to this <laughs> ritual and a little bit like back to the beginning where like when we're just like folding up linen <laughs> like trying to figure out how to make it work it's pretty it's pretty wild yeah. to me but like it was, I think it was world war one where the nurses were like oh this this gauze seems to absorb blood better than like anything we've ever used so maybe we'll use that for menstruation and then even <laughs> like after that when they were coming up with pads and like trying to sell them they were just selling them for like postpartum like after you give birth and you're bleeding for like six weeks after you give birth <laughs> not for the rest of the time like that's what they were advertised for and then people were like you bleed all the time <laughs> Wow, yeah. It's like people forget that, like, the period is all part of that, you know? It's like, there's just so much to do with the female body. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's so frustrating to think that, like, it's been neglected for so long. Because I remember even bringing up, like, oh, I really want to get some period pants. Like, that's such a cool invention. Like, I could wear them and have, like, less worry, you know, just, like, watching my regular underwear. And my friend, like, my friends at the time just being like, oh, that sounds disgusting, you know? And, like, and like they're bleeders, too. And I'm just like, that's so strange to me that you, you think of it that way. But it's also not strange because the society we live in you know, it's almost like kind of like when you're coming out and you have you possibly might have some like internalized homophobia. It's like internalized phobia about your own period blood and like thinking like, you know, it's gross or it's like not normal and like not wanting to get intimate with it in that way. And yeah, I, that's why I really like the, the ritual side of it. It's just like, you know, this is like, it's a good self care kind of thing. So I'm like, you're doing laundry and you know you're you're being kind to yourself and yeah it just added a whole other kind of realm to my to my menstrual cycle so <laughs> that feels like a really good place to kind of leave off with the conversation um, yeah. feels like a little bit yeah. more positive <laughs> where it's like oh yeah we can just you know like make it a conversation and share I think sharing like tips on how to deal like yeah eat nice snacks and 
use reusable stuff. And if you're struggling with the cup, talk to somebody who's used the cup. Because the amount of people, <laughs> like, it's so hard to like learn how to use the cup, and it is like this really intimate experience with yourself that you're not like that comfortable with, and it takes a little while to kind of get used to it. Um, <laughs> so. I think that like on a positive note, it's just, it's going to be okay. And as long as we keep talking about it and make it a little bit more normal, whatever normal is, to, you know, exist as a person to please, then maybe it'll feel a little bit better. I really want to thank you for joining me and having this big chat about all the bloody bits. <laughs> um, I'll let you plug your own amazing illustration and comics and all that kind of stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so if you want to talk about anything period related, um, follow me for maybe sometimes period related art and uh, other weird cartoons. Um, my Instagram page is at artbyrazelest. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you and just follow me if you need support. <laughs>